the show where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is the lovely Lori. Hello, hello, everyone. And uh, Jock's home. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> How's everyone doing this evening? Uh, I'm channeling the Red Guardian this episode. Should I do an accent too? Oh, nah, no. I'm not going to embarrass myself <laughs> like that. Let's not upset the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> More than we already have. <laughs> yes. And on this episode, as those that haven't caught on, we are going to be talking about the latest, uh, well, kind of, I mean, oh, we'll get into it. We're talking about Black Widow, uh, Marvel Studios Black Widow. Uh, before that, uh, I kind of want to talk about our weekend, our uh, half week, if you will. All three of us were part of the Corpus Christi Seven Day Film Festival as we're recording today. Uh, was the deadline, the submission, and we had submitted our film, and wasn't that fun? Tons. As always. That was for CC7D. I thought that was the film crew that was following me around for my next court hearing. The judge wanted to see, like, my (laughs) lifestyle and something about conditions of my bond or something. Wow, wow, okay, wow, cool, cool. (laughs) Well, if we win any awards, uh, we have to give all the credit to you, Lori. For following your life. A day in the ah, life of Lori. A day in the life. <laughs> <laughs> That's the it title. It involved a lot of costume changes. Originally, we said, let's do a mockumentary, but it kind of turned into an actual documentary. So, uh, gracias, Lori. <laughs> yes, yes. But I told you all of the stuff with my kid is not submissible in court. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, but just a uh, shout out to the uh, Bridge Burners production uh all of them and then of course everyone else that was involved in the movie uh thank you for your hard work and uh just it's just great to make a film it really is after so long too you know it's It's so interesting because we sit here and that's what we do we're always critiquing films and so when we go out there and do one i'm sitting there honestly like thinking so many things in my head because i'm so critical of things and I'm, it gives you an appreciation for it. I know it definitely makes my critiques a little bit nicer whenever I see movies <laughs> after actually trying to put it, you know, apply it in real life. So Yes, at least once a year, we put our money where our mouth is and we actually do the thing. We actually make a movie. So, you know, we're not just here a couple of Goombas just talking about movies <laughs> and trashing them for the most part. You're welcome, Internet. <laughs> movies are miracles. I say it. Almost every episode, but yeah, movies are really miracles, and making them only makes you realize that even more. Yes, so we do appreciate movies. Anyways, let's talk about Black Widow, 24th, 25th. I think we're hitting 30 movies at this time, mm. not to mention the the Disney Plus series that are going on, but... I think this is the, yeah, 24th Marvel movie. Wow. And then if you count the TV series, which, I mean... They're really long movies, essentially. Yes. Those are, it's 27, now that Loki's finished. Yep. And in Marvel Studios' action-packed spy thriller, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a source that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. The movie stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, 
Rachel Weiss, and David Harbour. And of course, we have Ray Winstone as Harvey Weinstein. How about that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ray <laughs> William Johnson. <laughs> uh, and Lori, what did you think of Marvel Studios' Everyone But Black Widow? Uh, it was interesting. I didn't hate it. I don't know, though. It, it left me a little wanting a little bit more. I could say mm-hmm. that. And I felt like they went a little quasi with a bunch of stuff that I wish they would have gone a little bit deeper with. But you have to, I also know, you know, they can't make the movie too long. Um, but there was all the metaphors. I think they were kind of hitting me over the head, though, with metaphors. Oh, yes. <laughs> with the yes. women and, you know, uh, well, no, with, uh, you know, uh, human trafficking, if you will. And, uh, how it's easier because of course to, to you know because women you know nobody will miss them and in culture things like that and so you can use them as the ultimate weapon and the whole metaphor of a man controlling women to destroy the world uh, and then of course using them against each other as the ultimate weapon and you know made me think about you know the misogynistic world blah 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 but then I felt like there were things that contradicted it as well uh, and I'll get more into that later. A couple of the things that I thought fell flat. Yeah. Especially when these women, like, I'll get more into it, but I will tell you, I have an interesting take on how, of course, Black Widow's sister, you know, she gets released uh, from her mind control and she's very smart, coherent. It's like, oh my goodness, it adapts very quickly. But when they massively release these women from the mind control, they're looking around and they're like, what do we do now? And they're just like, oh, I'm like, okay, (laughs) really? So what? Black Widow's sister was the only one who could think for herself. So context for maybe the average moviegoer uh, that's not all up to date on everything MCU. This movie takes place after the events of Civil War. So obviously before Black Widow, spoilers, falls to her death in Endgame. So... Jackson, what did you think of how they handled this spinoff prequel? Well, okay, so I went into this thinking it was going to be like a backstory kind of thing. And I didn't really think about the fact that the backstory that I thought we were getting would have dealt with Black Widow as a teenager, as a kid. And Scarlett Johansson being the, the face of the movie, I just never tied those things two together. So whenever it was it was revealed that it was set after Civil War, I was thrown for a loop. I didn't expect that. I just, I guess I wasn't up to date on all my media releases. See, that's what I wanted from this Black Widow spinoff movie. And I feel like it just, this movie is too little too late. It's so inconsequential to the overall events of the MCU, which I mean, not to say that self-contained stories are a bad thing. It's just, when every movie seems to be building up to something, whenever you just kind of stick one in there, it, this movie really does feel like an afterthought. Yeah. Oh, Captain Marvel got a movie. She's brand new, and then Black Widow's still here. She falls off a cliff, and she doesn't even get a proper funeral. And everyone's like, well, what's going on? And then they release this one. So it just, yeah, it's... I don't know what more they could have done. I mean, I guess release this 10 years ago, and then... It would be, I would have better feelings about it, but overall, um, it was a movie. It was definitely a movie. 
Yeah, the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now is we are in a new saga, a new chapter, a new era of the franchise. And I feel like this movie, yeah, of course, it, it did come a little too late. I think this movie should have came out around the same time as Captain Marvel. Because, I mean, I think out of all the female characters, Black Widow, the character, specifically Scarlett Johansson, should have deserved that solo spinoff a long time ago. Uh, even in the first couple of years of, you know, these Avenger movies. And speaking of Scarlett Johansson, my biggest critique of this movie is this movie is called Black Widow. And I think Scarlett Johansson, the character Black Widow, took a huge backseat compared to all the surrounding characters around her. This movie should have been a great send-off for the character because obviously she is now dead in the franchise. So... I was very surprised about how little Scarlett Johansson had going on in this movie compared to someone like David Harbour or Florence Pugh, which Florence Pugh I thought was the best thing of this movie. She stole the show. And yeah, and coming in second was David Harbour. I just finished watching Loki, uh, like the whole series, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, I will say I've been having this huge problem with the MCU, and it's it always just seems like an episode in a long series. And that's not a good thing for me. It's always a setup. It's always a, oh, let's not give you the whole picture. Uh, just stay tuned and wait to the next one. And maybe you'll be satisfied. And maybe we'll answer those questions. Or maybe we'll come through with our setups. And that's what it felt like here again. And as every MCU project comes along, it's harder and harder to defend the franchise, especially when they do things like this. Uh, specifically, I'll, I'll get into spoilers a lot later, but Rachel Weisz, underutilized. If you're going to bring an actress like Rachel Weisz, you better have a great part for her, and I don't know why they wasted her time. I mean, granted, she made some good money. <laughs> Let's not lie. Those checks are big when it comes to Marvel. I didn't have the highest expectations, but I will say... I, I was still disappointed. I will say on the Rachel Weiss thing, though, first of all, I feel like she stole it. Her and David Harbour stole that movie. And the relationship they had between the two of them, they had great chemistry. I loved them. I loved mm. them every single inch of that movie. But uh, Rachel Weiss, I, I was sitting there, and my son actually brought up a really good point. Because I was sitting there, like, oh, a man, you know, with a fragile ego trying to control all the women, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me, he was like, what do you mean, mom? It was her mom. And I was like, what? He goes, she's the one who created all of this. This was all her thing. And then she said, he was just like, when she was going through there, wouldn't it be interesting? He goes, yeah, she was there helping them, but she was also erasing any trace of her there even mm. though she's the one who designed it all. And he was like, and don't you think it would be cool if they were setting all of this up so she has a bigger role later on? See, and that's what I mean. They did a lot of that here. They did a lot of setting up and saying, hey, maybe next time, later down the road, don't worry about it now. Like, this is all going to pay off later on. And they've done that so many times with these types of movies. And I think they sacrificed... Scarlett Johansson and the character of Black Widow and in place did like you said they set up Rachel Weisz for a future project or they set up Florence Pugh for a, a bigger role later down the road and 
like Garth said in Wayne's World, live in the now. <laughs> live in the now. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I want. That's what I want from these MCU movies. And I think the closest this movie can be compared to another MCU movie, it's one of my favorites, The Winter Soldier, where it's part of a bigger universe, but it's such a self-contained story that you can watch that movie and not watch any of the other movies in the franchise. And I think what everything that that movie did well, it fails here. Because I don't know anything about Black Widow more than I did before. You know, it's not like they showed a new side of Black Widow in this movie. I mean, it, it literally felt like Scarlett Johansson was a prop in this movie while all the other characters got to play around her. And she just there staring at them, talking. Yeah, how many lines did Scarlett Johansson have? Again, like, underutilized. When... This should have been her movie. Mm-hmm. This should have been the one chance for her to shine. And she's had little nuggets here and there throughout the franchise, but this is her movie. It's called Black Widow. And then it turns out that the whole group of women assassins are all Black Widows. So already you're just kind of undercutting her there. Oh, she's not the only one. Yeah, she's just the only one who became an Avenger. Yeah, and because she got out, you know, this should have been her movie. And it really just, like Dylan said, it was everybody else's movie. Yeah, and <laughs> Laura, you, you talk about the whole mind control thing. And they even mentioned the movie where they modeled the Winter Soldier program. And they utilized that to brainwashing Black Widow, like the whole program of Black Widow. They compromised their mind and they have control of these women. And... In Civil War, they did a clever thing where you say these certain Russian words in a sequence and you get you get that Winter Soldier to come back. And here, I don't know if this is spoilers, but Magic Dust is what takes them out of that uh, trans that they're in, uh, which was baffling to me when, when I first saw that. At the movies, uh, I was like, oh, we're doing this. Is this yeah. what we're doing? And immediately, I knew how the movie was going to end. It's like, oh, they're just going to spray a little mag- magic dust on the girls and boop, they- they're back. I thought it was lazy. Well, mm-hmm. but wasn't it to emulate like something that uh, when uh, Black Widow releases its venom? Yeah. Like yeah. the actual Black Widow spider. So I thought that that was a little neat how they played on that because it's kind of like it. Uh, I think it. Um, I know that they have red on them, the Black Widows, and yeah. they released their venom through there. And so maybe it was something like in correlation to that. That's the first thing I thought of. I think mm. you're giving the movie too much credit. I don't I, think. I, they- <laughs> <laughs> Am I reading too much into that? Maybe. No, I, I would say so. And then also, <laughs> I mean, we haven't even got into our villains here. Um, I, I don't know which one we want to talk about first, the one that was advertised or the one that was the main main villain here. But I was very underwhelmed with Taskmaster, our cyborg, genetic, whatever he or she, they are. Um, no spoilers here until we get there. Uh, but for those who don't know, the Taskmaster... In the comics, and I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but when you have such a rich character in the comics, it's so disappointing to see what they do in the movies. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, don't worry. They're setting that character up for 
later on, I'm like, okay, that's three is. strikes are out. You did it with Rachel Weisz. You did it with Florence Pugh. You're doing it with this character. And who knows? You, you might get David Harbour back for a random cameo, which, hey, go for it. Because I, I enjoy David Harbour. I thought he was funny. I thought he had great chemistry with this quote-unquote family, just like Rachel Weisz. I just wish they had, obviously, I wish there was more time there. But yeah, going back to Taskmaster, so mm, I guess I'll save him for spoilers. I thought Taskmaster was pretty cool. Um, I have no uh, history, comic book history. I just yeah. like the movies. Um, so I thought Taskmaster, Taskmaster, was, t- say that three times fast, was, <laughs> uh, was, was pretty cool. Uh, they weren't like the best villain, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. Fine. Okay, sure. I will say this about Taskmaster. The way they have... Okay. <laughs> so funny. The last big movie I watched at the movie or drive-in was F9. And I was very surprised how much this movie re- reminded me of F9. There are two movies about family. Yes. And there they there's a... <sighs> spoilers. Slight, very slight spoilers. They go into orbit. That's all I'll say in both movies. Okay, yeah, Yeah. and also I will say this, uh, Taskmaster, they did a better job at representing the character with Jason Statham in the Fast and Furious movies (laughs) compared to Taskmaster, and I'll get into that later on when we talk about spoilers. Okay. Yeah, but... Yeah, I called it from the very beginning of the movie. I called uh, who was behind Taskmaster. Oh, really? With, like, I called it... Whenever the fight scene happened at the bridge. Mm. And I looked at Aiden and I was like, I know who that is. And I was oh, wow. like, uh, yeah. And I and I said it and he looked at me and was like, nah. Like, <laughs> what? He's like, no, mom. Like, look at the build. And I was like, no. No. I called yeah. it. I called it. And uh, at the end, he was like, how did you know? And I was like, I don't know. But I knew. <laughs> I guess other aspects we can talk about. I mean, we kind of ran through... Uh, the cast here a little but i will say uh, the action sequences there are some good ones but again i go back to f9 because apparently black widow the one that has like no superpowers at all compared to spider-man or captain america she does not get bruised once in this movie her nose and bleeds the, a little bit oh she the, had those it. bruises on her back <laughs> but the things she oh, went yeah. through in this movie alone <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how she's still just walking around. Yeah, Florence, even Florence Pugh's character, uh, Yelena, uh, she mm-hmm. was face to face with an explosion that she like jumps off of, and she's not harmed in any way. So uh, all the characters are invincible. The car sequence alone in Budapest, I believe, that the car they were both in gets thrown around like a rag doll into a subway station and, and i'm like there's no way they survived that yeah they should no have one can survive that captain america w- would have been dead and they just walk it out they they're fine nothing broken uh, no concussions <laughs> uh so yeah it got it gets really silly and schlocky there mm-hmm. and and at the same time it wants me to take it seriously and i'm like mm, i'm getting a lot of f9 vibes from this movie already. Yeah, the action was just so over the top. Yeah, maybe that's on me for having these Marvel studio movies like 
at a high standard compared to other action movies. Well, they put themselves to a high standard. I guess so. So when they underdeliver, it, it's noticeable. Yeah. A- anything else we want to bring up before we get in- into spoilers? Before we get into spoilers, uh, I have to say, though, um, they not much. I wish there was a lot more, but they did do some things. There were some things that I did like to humanize Black Widow a little bit more, you know, with mm-hmm. her backstory. There was some cute stuff that we'll get more into later on. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I think you're all right on that. It just wasn't enough. I, I thought the opening sequence, the whole opening was just so promising. Even the yes! opening credits. The opening credits with the cover of Nirvana. Uh, was it <gasps> Smells Like Teen cover. Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Because they were young. Yeah. And then the movie actually starts and just kind of dips from there. If everything kind of matched that beginning sequence and the opening credits, uh, I, I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more. Uh, what parent would let their kid dye their hair in 1995? Her hair was blue in the 90s. Yeah, that was, hey, Anaheim, California, baby. That was the birth of No Doubt. They were in Ohio. Yeah, but there was Scott everywhere, even down here. Kids were doing it everywhere. I blame MTV. It really, it was was the Scott. It was the Scott bands. See, another reason to hate ska bands. <laughs> and, and, and Gwen Stefani, because she was going through all the colors at that time. She had blue hair for a while. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, obviously, we're going to rate it before. The way we do it around here, how we rate our movies, is we are going to determine the quality of a movie by its ticket price. We all go to the box office, and we get the choice of paying $1 to $10 for a movie ticket. One being the worst, 10 being the best. Laurie, you go to the box office and tell the task, the task, the ticket master himself or herself, <laughs> and you say, I'll pay six. And the reason is because, you know, it's better than half. But at the same time, I'm really glad that I got this one off of the Disney Plus and paid yeah. $30 for it for all of us to watch. Now we can watch it as many times as we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of going to paying the 160 you know, for everything that we usually do at the movies. I think I would tell the Ticketmaster, I keep going between 6 and 7, so I'll just land at 650. I'll pay 650 for this movie. I think that's going to go down. The, I'm going to want to pay less for this movie as time goes on, though. I mean, I get it, Lori. You know, you have the family. I know you have a few MCU fans, notably Aiden, who wanted to watch yeah. this movie, so... I'll tell you, my kids loved it, though. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Which, (laughs) imagine being a 10-year-old girl, like, oh, a Black Widow movie, a female-led movie, and then you have so many questions coming out of it. (laughs) Kind of like, uh, (laughs) they did what to her body? (laughs) I thought this was about Black Widow. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to have that talk. Thanks a lot, Marvel. But, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a split. And for that, I'm going to have to go a little bit lower than both of you and give it a five. Just the cast alone, if you see who's being billed, that's enough for a ticket price, like price of admission right there. But when you come and see that uh, your head, your leading lady doesn't have enough to do, and then everyone else, though they're good, don't have enough to do, and then you get the schlocky action. At this point, at this rate where the MCU is, it kind of feels like a waste of time. And it sucks because I was 
I'll, I, you know how hard I've been on Scarlett Johansson. I, I just haven't been the biggest a fan, but the past couple of years, she's really grown on me. So I, w- I was rooting for her to have a great solo movie. And it's disappointing that she didn't get it. And under the circumstances of the character being dead, and you're like, okay, this is a this is going to be a great send-off for her. And it was just, eh. And we'll talk about that post credit scene, too. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back. And you can listen to us spoil the whole movie. And so we begin. All right. Let's save the post credit scene for the last thing we talk about. Okay. So, okay. My biggest problem here is... <laughs> uh, Taskmaster. I, I, I like the twist. Don't get me wrong. I like it so much. I think the way they handled it was just sloppy. And again, saving it for something else later down the road. I'm going to go back to the comics. I hate to be that guy. But <laughs> so Taskmaster is a mercenary. So good that some superheroes have hired this mercenary to not only train them, but to also do the dirty jobs that they know they can can never do. So that's why I bring up Jason Statham, because you have such a deadly villain in the franchise turn anti-hero kind of a hero. And that's what Taskmaster is. And it just feels like we're not going to get that. And they took away his one true superpower away from him and used it as a software update, which is photographic memory. And so that's what Taskmaster's ability is. He was born with hyper photogenic memory to where if he sees somebody playing Beethoven on the piano, all he has to do is see that person do it once. And him, not knowing anything about music, can mimic that entire song. That's how hyper-intelligent he is. The only thing about that is every time he learns a new skill, he loses some of his memory. And that's what's so cool about him. That that gives him a dynamic to him. Yeah, so how are they how are they going to do that going forward? It's it's not like it's going to be it's it's almost like this character isn't Taskmaster. Exactly. So what they did is and I see what what they're going to do here. So the person at uh, well, okay, spoilers here. Taskmaster is the child that Black Widow, quote unquote, killed. And that's what drives her throughout the entire movie. For those who can go back to Avengers, the first movie, Loki brings up that she, Black Widow, has blood on her ledger. And I'm assuming this is the blood that was on her ledger that's been haunting her throughout all her, her years of living is that she killed a kid which I thought they could have kind of honed in a little bit more on. Uh, it, it kind of feels like an afterthought in the movie. It's like, oh, like that's a plot twist that she yeah, killed a kid. don't forget that you blew up a kid, and, and she's like, man, don't bring that shit up. And then the movie doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the thing about Taskmaster. So what they did in this movie is instead of giving that person those abilities, they made it to where the helmet that she wears is what makes that person scan fighting moves and replicate them. So I'm thinking the helmet itself is going to be donned by multiple people, if not the next person, and then they're going to be Taskmaster. It's like, as long as I have the helmet, I can scan other people's fighting skills and 
be just as skilled as they are. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you, you don't really make that person special anymore. And that's what made Taskmaster in the comics so special. Okay, guys, so are we sure that that comment that Loki made to Black Widow in the first movie wasn't just like a way of him saying that, you know, are you on your period? <laughs> One. <laughs> it, was a, it was made by Joss Whedon, so I exactly. mean, there's always that. Exactly. No, uh, but yeah, uh, I see that. But I called it, and I'm going to tell you one thing. It's because from the very beginning of the movie, I felt like they were beating us over the head with a feminist agenda. I really did. So I called it very early on when I saw it. I was like, it's going to be a woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you didn't know it was specifically that character. Nope. Okay, but you knew it was a woman. I knew it was a woman. I thought it was going to be the mom. I thought it was going to yeah, be Yeah, we Weiss. thought that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had told Jackson while watching, I was like, it's going to be Rachel Weiss. And mm-hmm. they they kind of do like a, a double double turn on that whole mm-hmm. spin. Like Rachel Weiss does betray him, but not really. I had a feeling it was going to be a woman, specifically Rachel Weiss, because you know she could play a badass villain. Oh, yeah. I still have hopes that she's going to become a villain. Me too. I mean, I would love for her to come back. I just hopefully next time they give her something to do a little bit more. Other than suffocate a pig for a minute on screen. Oh, yeah. Talk- <laughs> that was so <laughs> off-putting. Uh, we're supposed to like these characters, right? Black Widow, the Black Widow, blows up a kid, and then Rachel Weiss suffocates a pig and is like, oh, no, they still have, like, 11, 11 seconds, seconds before left. they died. <laughs> it's like, Hey, Jackson, you should watch the movie Deliverance. <laughs> There's a weird kid and a pig scene that would... Both really freak you out. I saw uh, the first episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> Squeal like a pig! Wee! Wee! <laughs> I don't know why Rachel Wise had to suffocate a pig to prove a point. I mean, you could have just said, hey, these pheromones control these women. That's it. Yeah, we, we got that through the dialogue. And then a p- it's a CGI pig, of course, but still. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the fortress in the sky? Being the red room, uh, when the graphic showed up, it should have been in red. It's it would have been corny, but it, like every other title in that movie was white. If red room was in red, it would have been like, "Whoa, this is menacing!" And red, you know. You're telling me the secret base that nobody can find has been floating, not even in space, like in orbit, barely in space this entire time, and nobody said, "Hey." We should send somebody up there to see what the heck's going on. It was a big spaceship. Yeah, it's like hidden above the clouds, but it's like, you know, clear days happen. Is no one just <laughs> going to see a spaceship up there? Huh, what's that What's that doing up there? I heard a rumor that Superman actually saw it, but he's DC, so... <laughs> no, anyone he's in the right mind could have seen that. He's obligated to not do anything about it. Exactly. Yeah, you would think the secret Red Room base would have been underground somewhere, I don't know, under the sea. I would have rather had an <laughs> underwater base as opposed to, look at that huge satellite in orbit. I guess that's a that was a twist in and of itself. We're expecting this underground organization to be underground or underwater, but it's above ground. It's above the clouds. That's a twist. I can make a movie. Even the Taskmaster twist, like, oh, it's a woman. Okay. <laughs> like like cool was that the twist gender was that you gender <laughs> bended a, a character Gr- cool great 
<laughs> I mean, this whole movie is about, uh, supposed to be about how women are not props that you could use to uh, win wars. And then and all they're doing is using them as props to bait yeah. the feminist audience. Yes. And, and they, it, they made it too obvious. That's why it was saying, you know, it just felt so obvious. Which, yeah. okay, they were doing all of that marketing with Captain Marvel, right? Like, this is the first woman Marvel superhero movie because DC beat him to it with Wonder Woman. But that movie wasn't really about feminism. There was, like, a couple mentions of it, but that wasn't the overarching theme. If you were to market a movie as that feminist power piece, you know, it would be this one. But there was none of that with this one. It's like, this is going to be a great send-off for Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow. They didn't even really focus on that, and that's more of an overarching theme of this movie than it is in Captain Marvel. Yeah, I guess we found Marvel's kryptonite here, where, say what you will about 1984 uh, Wonder Woman, but that first Wonder Woman movie is great compared to what we got with Captain Marvel and Black Widow here. So... I don't know what's going on at Marvel. Maybe they need to hire better writers. I don't know who's on the writing team on this one. Or a director with like more experience, you know? Yeah, and that's the crazy thing too. Scarlett Johansson actually produced this movie. And she's the one who hired the director. So, poor judgment on Scarlett Johansson. I'm sorry, but how would they think they're doing all of this trying to pander to it. And yet they have, I'm, that's the part of the movie that made the least sense to me is when they released a huge group of black widows from their spell for all of them to look around and say, what do we do now? Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> they should have known what to do. It's like, oh, okay, now let's kick this guy's ass. But yeah. no, they're just like, Florence Pugh, save us. Yeah, and then they go back for Black Widow like, okay, we will help you now. It's like, no, <laughs> no. And I hate to do this because I don't like to crap on anybody's work because Lord knows I haven't done anything compared to what they have been doing. But here was, here's what would have made more sense in this movie. You would have had, after the fallout of the Sokovia Accords, this is kind of the first time Black Widow goes public you know, in front of courts and all that. So you could have made it seem that this is the first time Black Widow is exposed. And then you have Harvey Weinstein. I don't even, I forgot his name already, but head of the Black Widow program saying, oh, she's been compromised. I need, need her dead. So let me hire this mercenary taskmaster and make it seem like this villain's like the freaking Terminator. He's highly skilled. He can adapt to any fighter that he's going to go into combat with and then just go from there that's your movie right there but you have to i I don't know it 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 seems so overcomplicated this story yeah they were trying to find ways to make it more interesting when they could have easily done that if they just toned everything down if they wanted this self-contained story because they're shoehorning it in between civil war and infinity war Go for that. Don't have mm-hmm. this over-the-top action where an entire prison blows up and then the entire Red Room facility blows up in the sky and nobody's injured from falling debris below. Oh, yeah. There's a part where I think Florence Pugh's character completely misses a huge metal bar in the sky. I was like, oh, that was a close call. She could have been decapitated. Good thing we're in a Marvel movie where nothing has consequences here. And they were also in a parachute, which is a terrible idea with 
falling debris that's on fire and no holes were punctured through the parachute. She made it down safely. Or so we were told because we didn't actually see her get to the ground. And even the fight sequences were so just wonky and just blurry. Most times I had no idea what was going on. I liked the scene on the bridge. I thought that was a great introduction to Taskmaster. Yeah. They, everything they were doing was so quick as, uh, and had so much weight to it. I was like, this guy means business. And uh, then as the movie went on, you didn't really see Taskmaster that much. Mm-hmm. And they kind of lost that weight and power with their, with their moves. It was yeah. neat how they had like the Black Panther claws. They had the Captain America shield. They had the uh, did you catch the Winter Soldier knife flip that yeah. was in? A, yeah, they had that. So that was cool. But only if you're like a huge Marvel nerd like we are, you would catch stuff like that. And there wasn't even enough of that. Like the sequence no. between Red Guardian and Taskmaster would have been a great fighting sequence, but they kept cutting back to Harvey Weinstein and Black Widow. Which, by the yeah. way. I wanted to laugh so hard when Harvey Weinstein explained his whole master plan. He literally says, there are too many women in this world, so let's eliminate them. I'm like, oh, that's your big plan? To exterminate women? <laughs> what? And then on top of that, Black Widow's like, oh, I'm, you let them go. Like, you let all the Black Widows leave the room. Or a taskmaster left the room. It's like, oh, that was your biggest mistake. And she tries to hit him and she stops because he said he has some kind of fragrance on him. Like some sort of pheromone, which is like, how does that stop someone from hitting you? How does that bring up a magic <laughs> I don't know. force field? There was, there was this one guy uh, from Jersey that I met once <laughs> and his, I, there were so many times I should have hit him, but there was just something about him, you know? And then a Black Widow breaks her own nose instead of like, <laughs> it, it, instead of like leaving the room and I don't know, getting a bazooka and just blowing up the room, <laughs> she could have just left the room. I, I don't know why she st- stuck around. Or like thrown a grenade at him, you know, if you throw a knife at him, is that is the pheromone going to stop the knife or is it just stopping Black Widow? Or like she could have just like pinched her nose. And then just started swinging it with the other arm. Yeah, she didn't have to be so dramatic. I didn't get it. And then she pops her nose back into place, and then there's no blood. Like, she's she's fine. Her nose is perfect. Oh, yeah. She doesn't even get, I don't know, black eyes. Because that's what naturally happens when you get your nose hit. Especially if it's broken. You get two black eyes. Like, that's what happens. You look like a raccoon. And no. uh, I mean, nothing makes sense in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I just thought that whole sequence was just dumb uh, down to the whole, if you smell me, you can't hit me. It's like, well, just walk. It's, it's a big room. Is Can that, that Axe body spray? <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll make me want to hit someone. Let me go to the other side of the room and throw a chair at you. I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. It's, again, like Black Widow's stupid now. Like, <laughs> like, she's not interesting in this whole movie. And then at the end, just make her stupid. Again, they just female-led characters. They needed a reason for her not to be able to hit him, and it's like pheromones. That's the best thing you could come up with. It explains so much about my life and what I've done. It must have been pheromones. <laughs> and they didn't even show a whole black. They didn't show a black widow, like the actual spider. 
not even once. It wasn't like crawling down on a windowsill. It wasn't like in his ring, like encrusted like the like the mosquito in amber. There wasn't even like I'm, I guess it would have been like if if we saw a black widow, we would have groaned like, oh, we get it. That's a black widow. But like, come on. <laughs> You could have even had, like, if you're going to go full-on cheese fest with this movie, you could have had Harvey Weinstein. Sorry if I keep calling him Harvey Weinstein, by the way. That guy's more terrible than this character. But if you would have had him in the room with Black Widow, you could have had him playing with the Black Widow spider. He's like, do you know why I call it the program Black Widow? I don't know what accent I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and then the Black Widow could have sprayed, like, a red venom out of its butt. And then we would all be like, oh, that's what they do! That's what they do! Yeah, uh, I would have respected the movie just a little bit more if they did that. Speaking of respect, the last thing I want to talk about. The post credit scene. Okay. <laughs> this scene, I think it's the worst, not only post credit scene, but it's just the most disrespectful scene of the entire MCU. It perfectly represents what the MCU is in a nutshell. It's having a very dramatic scene cut off by a joke and then set up for a future project. And it did it so... It was well-crafted for an MCU movie. And right there, I was like, wow, that's what the MCU is in a nutshell. So they couldn't they couldn't have waited for Julia Louis-Dreyfus to get over her illness? It's like, we have one day to shoot. She has a cold. Let's make it a bit. <laughs> she has COVID. <laughs> oh, sorry. I have a, cold. I have a little a touch of the COVID. Yeah, so like the biggest, I would say, Jackson, right? You would agree that the biggest criticism was, why didn't Black Widow get a proper funeral like Tony Stark? Yeah. Now, it's not because Marvel hates women. Not at all. Some would say that's my job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was kind of like endeared, like, oh, they're going to have a nice funeral i was even expecting rachel weiss and david harbour to join florence Pugh in this little post-credit scene natasha gets a funeral finally it's not big it's private and it's very heartwarming and i was like okay that's cute and then you have dreyfus come in which i love her by the way but she comes in what is she doing like sneezing or like blowing she's her blowing nose her nose because she's crying or something crying. and that's too no, it's because and she says it, and then she sounds sick for the rest of the thing. She was actually, I would guarantee you she was actually sick that day. Because her voice in it sounds so horrible. She's just like, uh, 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 like, she sounds sick. That's why I was saying. They couldn't wait one day and give her some tea or something. But not only that, but in the context of this universe we're in, it's like at the end of Endgame where Tony Stark has a funeral, and it's touching, the score is swelling, and it's like halfway through, somebody just does a big old fart. <laughs> you couldn't do that. But they didn't do that because they have respect for Tony Stark. But I'm glad they did a, a blowing the nose in a comedic fashion when it came to Scarlett Johansson's character. A nice send-off. It's okay. Great because send-off. Because Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's a feminist in her own right. And look, a female comedian. Look, female, feminist, feminist. So it's okay if we do that. No, She was in not. Veep. Come on. She was in <laughs> Give her a pass. <laughs> and then not only that, but then we get a setup, right? So this whole movie is called Black Widow. And we thought it was for Scarlett Johansson. No, no, no. It's for Florence Pugh. 
The movie that was supposed to send off Scarlett Johansson was actually passing of the baton to Florence Pugh, the new Black Widow, and she'll be in Hawkeye the series because... Yeah, watch Hawkeye on Disney Plus this December. Yeah, it's a commercial. Lovely. Cool. Great. Yeah, that's all these movies are. They're just really $300 million commercials. <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's a commercial, and it's like you order the product, and it just never comes in the mail. That's mm. what the MCU has become. Or it's something that you, like, the picture on the website was, like, perfect, and then you get it in the mail. It's like, oh, that this, is, this isn't what it looked like. Oh, it says I have to order another product to attach to this product and maybe it might work that's what it felt like and also the logic behind the whole hey you know who killed your sister this guy and again women characters in the mcu i thought were smart and instead of florence Pugh saying wait a minute didn't she die on an alien planet how would you know what really happened and wouldn't hawkeye like tell everybody what happened on that alien planet but Florence Pugh is not going to think about it she's just gonna go and try to kill Hawkeye in the Hawkeye series and there's gonna be a misunderstanding and they're gonna be friends that's how it's gonna work out and the Hawkeye series is gonna be a passing of the torch for his daughter for Kate Bishop so you get which are probably gonna become best of friends and there's gonna be a bunch of fan art of Hawkeye's name uh, Barton? Clint Barton. Clint Barton. Uh, you got Clint and Natasha, and then in the past, and then in the future, it's Yelena and Kate. Like, best of friends, so they say, you know? Yeah, I think they're setting up, like, a Young Avengers thing going on. Yep. Yeah, with Wanda's kids, and then you got Kid Loki, for those who haven't seen the new Loki series. Ooh. It's and all Spider-Man, up. he's a kid. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's all going to work out. It's all set up, guys, so just stick around, keep buying the products. Watch 20 more movies, and you'll get the payoff that you want. Here's some crackers before we give you the entree, okay? It's going to take some time, but hey, that entree is going to be good. Remember Endgame? (laughs) It all pays off. It all pays off. You know what's such a shame, too? I think I would have liked this movie a little bit better if what we have been getting on Disney Plus wasn't as good. I mean... WandaVision is great Excellent. compared to what we got in Black Widow. And then also like w- seeing the Marvel Studios logo back in the theater was fun. But I just go back to the series. I'm like, oh, I'd rather stay home and watch the Disney Plus series, which is sad. Yeah, Azure was saying like, this used to be a cool thing. But now I see this on my TV every week. So it, it, it lost its value. It's like if you were to see the Star Wars thing every, like, if they put the in front of every Mandalorian episode, that would lose its magic. They were really smart, Lucasfilm, to not have the main uh, Star Wars theme in their series. And they they did an alternate one, right? Like, they did an alternate a Star Wars logo in front mm-hmm. of Mandalorian. They had, like, a bunch of logos and some sort yeah. of synthwave thing. Yeah, I, I thought that was smart, and maybe they should have done that with uh, the Marvel Studios Disney Plus series. But then it loses that cohesion, and they, they're they really trying to sell the point that these TV series are going to affect the uh, the movies, so you got to watch them. So what are, what are you going to do? 
I just, I, I really want to, I think it's missed opportunities. I think it's really sad how this could have been such, you know, an opportunity for them if they wanted to go down the road of the route to showcase feminine, female empowerment. But I feel like, um, yeah, they kind of phoned it in. Oh, and I think like the biggest like LOL moment was when Scarlett Johansson was watching a James Bond movie. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're you're watching a better spy movie instead of <laughs> instead of giving us an actual great spy thriller movie. There wasn't really much spy things that they did. Not Everything really. just kind of came to them. Yeah. The only like spy thing they did was break uh, Red Guardian out of prison. But even then, they were largely detached from that. That was all David Harbour's doing. That's more of a prison break movie than yeah. a spy movie. Yeah, not a lot of spying. More like Scarlett Johansson knocking on people's door. And it's like, hey, you need to go to that other person. It's like, all right, let's go to that other person. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Florence Pugh was great. She stole the show. Florence Pugh was the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah, she was she great. She was great. Oh, the bit that I really liked, uh, just to throw this in there, I liked how they made fun of the way she landed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, her little pose, and they called her a poser. That was one of my favorite parts. And they yeah. actually turned that joke into a moment where, like, you're posing they as did. this thing. And, like, that's how you do a joke, guys. Yeah, that's how you turn a great. joke into a serious moment. That was great. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, there's some good things in there. Oh, uh, that random guy that was that would help Black Widow get stuff. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he was just there. We don't know who he is or what he's going to do. He's probably yeah. not going to be back for anything. And if he does, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. What's his name? I, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I love how they reference things that belongs to Black Widow. Um, that nobody really cared about. Like they foreshadowed her dyeing her hair blonde. She looks at a at a hair c- color. I was like, okay, that oh, cool. <laughs> I guess. I liked the fact that uh, they retconned Black Widow's vest in Infinity War for it actually being Yelena's vest. Yeah, that which, was neat. But it's like that adds nothing to Infinity War. It's like, oh hey. And then at at the end, they give her a Quinjet. Like, the guy gets her a Quinjet, and then they, they play the Avengers theme music, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's where I clap, because I remember Avengers, and I- I'm a consumer. Nostalgia. They didn't have the Captain America thing pay off with Red Guardian. Captain oh, America yeah. was still alive, so they could have had him pop up, or, like, there could have been a moment, you know? Nothing. I love I love how David R. Harbour's character is like, well, did like he say anything about me? Did he mention me or ask? <laughs> and they didn't even me? make like a, a Captain America quip whenever Taskmaster showed up. He's got the shield, and David Harbor throws the shield, and there was nothing. It was just the two jokes that were somewhere in the movie, and then there's no payoff. Yeah, they could have leaned more into the whole like this character's mimicking the Avengers, like one by one. He had the arrows, he had the claws, all that stuff. Also, I got like. Incredibles vibe, the the Incredibles when Red Guardian was putting on the suit and it could barely fit. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking of the, the teaser trailer I to the to Incredibles. Tear so bad. Yeah, when yeah. he sat down, <laughs> it's like it fits. <laughs> and I love how again I I love David Harbour in this movie because he was trying to sway uh, Rachel Weiss. I don't know how long it's been since they haven't seen each other, 
but he's over there praising her at the table, and all she says is, "You got fat." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they had they had great chemistry. I just wish there was more. Of you it. got fat, but you still good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I I wish we would have been more positive about this movie. I, I was really I looking wanted forward to. to. I wanted to really like that. Uh, this movie should have been a lot better than it was. All yeah. I know is that our next show, whatever we're reviewing, I want to love because we had this, and then uh, before the scuffle, we had the Fast and the Furious, and so yes. I'm like, I feel like my last. Few and then before that was Luca. Exactly. So I'm like, I well, I hope that the next thing is something that I just love. Well, Lori, I got bad news. It's going to be the new Space Jam movie. So, hey, but we're also going to talk about the original Space Jam. Okay. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Uh, so, bring something. Oh, what should I bring up first? Yeah, Mark I was... Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing to me? We'll talk about all the next episode. Because <laughs> I actually finished watching uh, the first Space Jam, and I have notes. <laughs> and one of the first one is I R Kelly. <laughs> that's my first yes. note. Uh, all right, so stay tuned for that episode. Well, that's going to be it for us here. Uh, but first, I want to thank our listeners. Thank you all so much for your support. Keep tuning in and uh, just help us grow this channel. Uh, we appreciate it. And the Cinema Show is now available on multiple podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. So be sure to download, follow, or subscribe. And if possible, leave a review on any of your favorite places to listen it helps the show grow don't forget to turn on the notifications on the show as well and let us know what you think about what we what we talked about on this episode by giving us your questions comments and or feedback on all our social media platforms facebook twitter and instagram at cinema show live we'll be sure to highlight you on our next episode just don't forget to use the hashtag cinema show live or maybe you just want to shout out either way you're all part of the panel as much as we are Laurie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Laurie underscore Guajardo. And you can find me uh, trying to look for some real feminine empowerment movies that I can share with y'all. Nice. Watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's not really empowerment, but it's great. It's good. It's good. You can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. And you can find me building a army of women to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my new career. Mr. Path. Weinstein, I presume. <laughs> you know why they Epstein's call it the Black Widow? Not dead. <laughs> and you can find me on my Twitter at Dylan MM5. That's right, D Y L A N M M five. This is the Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective, and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Uh,